0: This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of But God Can, How to Stop Striving and Live Purposefully and Abundantly. Written and narrated by Becky Kaiser and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Hey friends, welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum, Each episode, I sit down with a guest to discuss their life journey and how the grace of God has impacted them along the way. After listening to today's episode, I hope you are encouraged that God can use you right now in the midst of your day-to-day life. Yes, it requires daily surrender and trust, but we must remember His grace is enough. Today's conversation is with Hannah Hobson. She is the founder of Transparency Ministries. My conversation with her has me excited about the leadership and passion of the next generation. We chat about her mother not only challenging her to read God's word, but reading it with her. We talk about how the reading of God's word satiated a need in her that she didn't know she had. We chat about proclaiming God's truth over your life until you believe it. She is young, she is bold she loves Jesus, and it shows. Listen to what she has to say about encouraging others to dig into God's Word. But I know
1: that God is just faithful. He'll just meet you where you are if you just stay committed to spend quality time with Him through reading of His Word and through prayer.
0: Hi, Hannah. Welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. Will you take a few moments and just introduce us to yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. Hey everyone, my name is Hannah. I am the
1: creator and founder of a blog called Transparency Blog, which is a faith based blog for women who are looking to grow in their identity in Christ. And so our mission at the blog is to teach and empower the Christian woman to overcome fear and self-doubt so that they can confidently believe who God has called them to be. And so I kind of spearhead all the projects behind that. It's like a one-man show. (laughs) So I create resources and content and sometimes even plan events for these women. And I really am passionate about it. I love it.
0: Well, I know your story begins a while back, but I want to focus in on the beginning of college because that is when you begin to really struggle with your faith, face some doubts. Can you take us back to that time and tell us your story?
1: Sure. So I always tell people my freshman year of college was probably one of the hardest years of my life. It was a struggle. Like <laughs> it was so hard. I was I would think I was crying at least every day, if not every day, every other day just of how difficult the transition into college was. I grew up in the church. I was really involved in my community, really active in my school like in different leadership roles. And then when I got to college, it's like all of that I had placed everything that I had placed my identity in, like my grades and my worth and all of it was just thrown into question. I didn't know who I was anymore because I wasn't making good grades. I didn't have a sense of community. I really struggled with friendships. I felt like I didn't have any friends. Um, and then I just questioned everything about my faith. I was on the phone with my mom and I was like, I don't even know who I am. And she was like, what the heck are you talking? <laughs> she was like, what are you talking about? And the other story that I always tell people, I remember she was like, you should probably go to the gym, you know, maybe releasing some endorphins will help you out. And I was like, okay sure. And so I went to the gym and I'm on the elliptical and I'm still crying because I'm so sad. And I think it was really challenging because I grew up in church. I tell everyone I knew who my parents' God was, but I didn't have my own personal relationship with God for myself. And I didn't know what that looked like until I got to college and started to just spend time with him. And so that's why it was so challenging because a lot of the things that I had placed my identity in was just shattered. And so God had to re-identify myself in him.
0: Did you grow up in a small town? No. I. Well, I don't know. I
1: grew up in Fayetteville, North Carolina, so I'm not sure if that's a small town or not. I feel like it's larger than small towns, especially with Fort Bragg being right there. There's a lot of the military community, and so it's growing even more so because that base continues to grow each year.
0: Yeah, but then you went from there into a very large university setting right? Yes. I think it was the
1: setting that I was in. So I went to a really small elementary, Christian elementary school, then a small public middle school, and then a small public high school. And then my church, I was really well known at my church. So I had a really strong sense of community. And because I had grew up there from when I was five and being very active, people just kind of, you know, as you spend more time and you serve more, you tend to get, you know, known known more just because you meet more people. And so going to college and not having any of that was just really challenging for me.
0: Well, and you share in your bio on your blog that your mom in a conversation challenged you to read the word with her. Tell us about that.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love this challenge. I really wish one day I could create like a program to do this with other women. I think my mom, she's like so wise, but she wanted a way or a means to stay in touch with me. I'm the oldest, and so this was her first child going off to college. And I think she wanted a way for us to stay in touch every day, but a way that also wasn't overpowering for me just being at school. What we decided to do was just read the Bible from the start of Genesis to the end of Revelation. How it worked is on the first day of my classes, my mom sent me, I think, the first chapter of Genesis. And the rule was that you had to email each other at least once a day and you had to do it every day. Like those were the only rules. My mom was like, it doesn't matter if you send back one scripture, it doesn't matter if you send back five chapters, like what you have to do is just email me once a day. And so that's what we did. We started in Genesis and wherever she ended or wherever I ended, the other one would just pick back up. And so as we did this I obviously like read through the Bible. My mom, please don't tell her. She said that we had to type it, but I was not going to type out chapters. So I would like cop, I would go to like Bible.org or like, you know, the little life application, whatever that website is, and I would copy and paste the scriptures. She's hardcore. But I was, like, I don't- exactly. Like, I couldn't believe my mom actually typed all that stuff out, but I copied and pasted. I hope she doesn't hear this. I would read the stories, though. I would copy and paste, but I would still read the stories. And then I would write my little commentary. Like, after I would paste the, the text into the email, I would read through the verses and then if anything stood out to me especially like as you read the old testament it's like so juicy and has so many great bible stories and i would just write my little commentary like no she didn't like i can't believe he acted like that that's crazy god is faithful things like that it started off as this just meaningless way for us to connect with one another and stay in touch with each other. But God in his like infinite grace just met me in that. And it was reading through, We it took a whole year and a half for us to finish the Bible. It was like a long process, but it wasn't until I was reading through the book of Exodus. For people who don't know the Bible, Exodus is the second book of the Bible right after Genesis. And that's when I found a lot of parallels in my life based on like how the children of Israel behaved in the wilderness. They were in slavery under Pharaoh's rule in Egypt. God, through Moses, helped set them free, and then they went through this wilderness. And I just saw so many different parallels with my life. I felt like I was enslaved to sin, and like the Bible always says that we, we were slaves to sin prior to like coming to knowing Christ and getting saved. And I just really connected with that. And at the same time, I was going to a church, a new church, because I had moved from Fayetteville to Chapel Hill to go to school, and I was attending a new church. And at that time, it was so amazing in terms of just the words were so it just felt like God was talking to me and through the experience of reading the Bible and like spending time with God while I was reading the Bible I was also having like these prayer times when I would just sign in on a Google doc (laughs) and just like you know write prayers out to God and like worship the Lord and I was attending a Bible study on campus so there was just so many different aspects of just spending time with the Lord going on at the same time and it wasn't until like October 2012 when I rededicated my life to Christ and really started a relationship with God
0: so amazing to hear what your mom did, and while to you it may have been just a meaningless way to keep in touch, being a mom myself, I know that she had to just treasure God's word among everything else, and she knew the only way that you were going to figure things out was to be in His word. It's true. It is, and it's amazing to me because in our culture, so many Christians are aren't really literate in the Bible. And it is the most important thing. It answers so many questions and it always points you back to God. And you really can't deny him when you read his word.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think a lot of the times, especially dealing with Christian culture, a lot of people kind of use the word of God as like a checklist, like, oh, I've read my Bible today, like check, that's done. But it really, when you start to think about it in the context of a relationship with God, that is your, in his communication with him, like prayer and reading the word go hand in hand. And they're both very important in order to see transformation or change in your life, because it really is the key. It's like the way And God says in his word that He is the way, the truth and the life. And then it also says that he is the word and in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And mm-hmm. so this is God's word speaking to you. And the scriptures were written by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so there's so many scriptures that talks about the power of the word and how like the word of God is alive and active. I don't know, every time that we don't read our Bible is a missed opportunity of us to hear from God. And I feel like I hear a lot of people ask questions like, how do I hear from the Lord? Or like, how do I know when God's speaking? And I'm like, are you reading your Bible? Because sometimes he'll speak right through the word. And like, he's very, he'll guide you in terms of texts you should read. Or if you don't know what to read, you can just pick up a Bible reading plan. But I know that God is just faithful. He'll just meet you where you are if you just stay committed to spend quality time with him through reading of his word and through prayer.
0: Yeah. And commitment being the key there. Just start somewhere and read it. And I feel like in today's culture, it's so easy, actually, to, like you said, pick a plan on your Bible app. You can even have it played to you out loud. Audio. There's a podcast that's the audio Bible. I mean, there's so many options in order to get in God's Word. So when you rededicated your life in 2012, you know, what did the few years after that look like? Because you're still in college at this point. Is that correct? Correct. Well, you were in the University of North Carolina. So during that time, what changed from your freshman year to the latter years?
1: So it was a lot of growth. College was not easy at all. And like it wasn't a senior year. believe that God started bringing community, like a real sense of community into my life. And it always had people that I could go to lunch with, but I couldn't really define who my friends were, if that makes sense. I had people that I was connected with. I had a lot of associates, but not really like these deeply rooted friendships that I was really praying and seeking the Lord for until, like I said, my senior year. And so 2012 was the fall of my freshman year. And so throughout those four years, it was just a lot of healing, a lot of growth in terms of my identity and growing into who God said I was as his child and learning what that looked like and spending time with him. And there's so many like pivotal moments. I feel like where I would just learn who God was. It was just so much. Like I said, I can't put any other word other than the fact that there was growth and just maturing in my faith and learning to trust God and learning to know his character and his voice. And like I said, reading through the Bible was super helpful in that.
0: I hope you're enjoying today's episode. I wanted to take a moment to introduce today's sponsor. I have recently began to understand the impact my purchases can have, and I want that impact to be positive. With Design for Joy, I know each purchase made is an investment in a woman who is being equipped to rejoin the job market with stronger faith, more confidence and marketable skills. Design for Joy is a transitional work experience for women coming from trafficking, time in prison, homelessness, and other vulnerable situations. These women receive a living wage for their work creating a brand of jewelry and bags. And have I mentioned that I own several items from Design for Joy that always receive compliments from my friends? And they spark conversations on how we can wear cute jewelry and carry cute bags with greater joy because we are providing a much-needed job to the women in the Triangle area. Not only do I wear their products, I love to give their products as gifts for every occasion. I've seen their bright, beautiful studio. I believe in what they are doing. So I want to encourage you to influence change in the lives of women by following and purchasing ethically made products from Design for Joy. Visit www.designforjoy.com or if you live in the Triangle area, visit their shop in the Boylan Heights area of Raleigh, North Carolina. And how long was it after college or was it during college that you created Transparency Blog and what brought that about?
1: So Transparency Blog was actually started while I was in college. And so, like I said, at the beginning, I was spending a lot of time with God and I would have these worship sessions where I would sign into a Google Doc and just write out anything that I was feeling. And most of it was just cries of my heart. They were very emotional. I would tell God how much I loved him. And there would be lines like, I can't believe you love me this much. Or the scriptures where David would say, I can't believe you're so mindful of us that whole season of my life was just the Lord wrecking me and helping me realize how much I was loved and valued by him. Some people I feel like deal with that for years. And that was my story, just dealing with myself and learning how to overcome myself because I was pretty much my worst enemy, like in terms of self-love and I really struggled with loving myself as a person sometimes. And I dealt with a lot of shame. And so that was when I really started processing all of my emotions through worship. And I would pray and I would tell God how I felt. And at the time I would start to learn, like I said, I was learning a lot. And so I would type out what I was learning. I realized over time, this was maybe the sophomore year of college. I realized over time that, oh my gosh, this could probably help somebody. So I decided to start a blog and that's how Transparency Blog got started. And the word was transparency because I wanted to be honest about where I was as a Christian. And I was like, I'm a sinner saved by grace by the like the rest of y'all like I struggle like I'm not perfect I really have problems sometimes and like go through things and I wanted to be open and honest about that in hopes that it would help somebody else because I know I'm not alone in my struggle and so that's how it got started but it never was what it is today like it was just all over the place started out as like a lifestyle blog and then at one point I wasn't blogging for like a whole year it was one of my Um, 2017 goals to get back into blogging and that's when it is what it is today I solidified a mission it became a lot more clear that I wanted to strictly talk about Jesus and everything that he was teaching me in the hopes that it would help somebody else and so that's how it got started and it originally started on Instagram had 80 followers at the time and I remember I don't know how I had even the 80 followers that I did have started really small. So I didn't even get onto the website yet. Cause I had a website, but I wasn't doing anything with it. So I started on Instagram. I was like, I'll just share my thoughts on Instagram. Cause I had so much that I was learning and I wanted to share it with other people. And then it wasn't until I was writing these long Instagram captions. <laughs> I need a blog post because I have links that I want to share and there's no way for me to practically do that in an Instagram caption. And so That's how I restarted the website and refreshed it. Like God would just put different ideas on my heart. And so it just grew and grew and grew. And now it is what it is today. And it's like been such an interesting journey.
0: Well, one of the big things that has come out of your blog is the hashtag, the Confessions Project. Yes. Tell us about the Confessions Project.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. The Confessions Project is my baby. I could probably have a whole blog on just the Confessions Project because that's how passionate I am about the concepts. While I was in college, I was really struggling, and something that was really pivotal in changing and helping me grow was this idea of the confessions project, which is to declare God's word over my life. so I was talking with a mentor friend, and I remember we were having like some discussion, and she was, What do you like about yourself? And I was like, I don't know, nothing. What's there to like? And this (laughs) this is what I was really like, such a baby in the faith. And she encouraged me to find scriptures. That really spoke to my situation. So at the time, I made it into a craft because, like, that's what we do in college. We do crafts a lot, like a lot of (laughs)
0: DIY projects. And I All the moms and dads out there paying lots of money (laughs) to send their kids to college, just ignore this part. (laughs) No, I went to class. I promise I went to
1: all my classes. But, you know, you have to, like, decompress sometimes. So I would craft in my spare time. And I made a craft and I like found there was at the time it's Joyce Meyer. She had a lot of scriptures. And so I went and had her list and she had sent me like her list of um, scriptures that you can pull from. And so I read through the whole list and I picked out all the scriptures that were just applicable to myself and my situation. And I made this ugly craft. Oh my God, it was so <laughs> ugly. And <laughs> I put, I put it on my wall. And Do you have a picture morning, of it?
0: You should totally share it.
1: I don't have a picture. Oh. I, mean, I have the actual craft it's not a picture I have like the actual (laughs) okay when this
0: episode goes live I'm gonna be tagging you and saying okay show us your craft oh my gosh it's so ugly it was like neon green and like
1: bold like navy blue like those colors don't even go together and I wrote those scriptures it was about 15 scriptures and they were more in affirmational statements and every single morning before my feet ever hit the ground I would say those scriptures and those statements out loud and I think I did that I don't know, 90 days. It was a long time that I did that. And I don't know how God did it. Even to this day, when I look back, I have no idea how he did it, but it changed the game for me. I watched the word literally transform me from the inside out. And I started to really believe what I said and I realize now that after growing and spending time reading the Word and learning what the Word says about this concept and how there's so much power in God's Word, it is really powerful for you to take God's Word and to apply it to your life and to confess it and declare it over your life. At the time, while this whole blogging thing was happening, I really wanted to hashtag Every so often on Instagram, I would post a picture of myself and I would do these confessional statements where they would be, you know, 10 to 15 statements. I'm beautiful, or God says that I'm more than a conqueror, or victory is in me, or greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, or God is on my side. He's for me. He's not against me. And just like very powerful statements that I was confessing. And then, call to action, I would always invite my audience to tell me what they were confessing over their life. And to see the engagement and to see the people do that, I was really empowered by that. And I was like, oh my God, gosh, that's my hashtag. It's the Confessions Project. And so it started out as a devotional. And so every week I would send out a weekly devotional that would have 15 statements for people to say. And in the bottom of the email, there would be like an encouraging word to go with those statements. For example, if, and they were all promises that God promised us, has promised us in the Bible. And so every week it would be, I don't have fear or I am enough, or I am loved or just promises that God has said in his word and like the statements that would go with it. And then the encouraging message and it just became a movement. And now I just use it as a means to inspire women to really take this concept and, do what I did find their scriptures and really commit to saying them every single day. And now it's going to be a devotional book, like a printed published devotional book that's coming out this spring. So I'm really excited about that.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. And it's so true to speak something over your life over and over and over again is what helps us to grow and mature and believe it. My husband actually, every year he reads through the Bible and He's done that probably four or five years. And he's like, you know, it's one of those things where it just helps me to grow and mature and to know God more by yeah. over repetition over and over and over again. So that is awesome. Well, I know you have a devotional out this year called Jesus is Bay.
1: So yes. before
0: we even start going,
1: <laughs> those of us who
0: aren't hip, tell us what Bay even means.
1: Okay. So Bay. In the, that's so funny (laughs) that you asked that. Bay in the, I don't know, millennial version is your boo thing or like Bay is like your guy. But for the people who aren't hip, we found like a little acronym that can be helpful for you. And so we decided to say that Bay means before anyone else. So I usually tell that to our older generation who are like, what's Bay? I'm like, it just means before anyone else. It's like easier to explain. So, so before we Bay started means. recording, I was
0: telling my husband, I'm like, she wrote Jesus is Bay and he goes, Jesus is your boyfriend. And I'm like, well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> he yeah. is he's
1: Bay all the way like your first love
0: so but I, I was trying to tell him there was an acronym with it and I'm like just wait just wait till I interview her and then I'll tell you all about it honey so.
1: <laughs> yeah it'll make sense in a little bit just that's hold right. on to your seats that's
0: <laughs> right so tell us about
1: the devotional this devotional everything else in my blog just started out in really small ways so this is like a moment of encouragement for anybody that wants to start anything you don't have to do this large project it can start really really small just do what God has told you to do and it originally started as an email challenge, little this time, literally last year. So in December of 2017, I had a writer for the blog and she was like, I really want to do a challenge where we spend time with God on a consistent basis. Because I think as Christians, some of us really struggle with just spending time with God every single day. And she was like, I really just want to help people commit to this. What do you think about that? And I was like, that'd be great. Let's do something. And so it started out as a weekly email. We committed to in January of 2018, so for 31 days, the whole month of January, we were going to commit to spending time with God. It doesn't matter what it looks like, whether it's 10 minutes or 30 minutes reading your Bible, just commit to spending time with Him, like really commit to just forming this relationship with Him and what does it look like to be in a relationship with God we had weekly challenges. The first week it was about finding your time. What is your set time that you're going to do? Like, just let's get really practical. Like, are you a morning person? Are you going to spend time with God in the morning? Or are you an evening person? Like, are you more awake in the evening and you want to spend time with God in the evening? And so that was the first week. And then the second week, it was about how do you communicate with God? What does that look like to you? Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Like, here's some prayer prompts. It was just a lot about being practical. Like, what does God say about prayer in the Bible? Um, and then every single week it was o- its own challenge. And we even gave out like a Bible Reading plan for people to follow, and it was so successful. Like we had a Facebook group at the time that was committed to doing this together. That's how this book it started out as an ebook. We were like, okay, let's write an ebook and like let's go dive deeper into these topics. And so we ended up writing a devotional for every single one of those days based on the challenge for the week. We launched an ebook back in March of 2018 at the time I was trying to p- publish the Confessions project devotional book and I was talking to like a mentor she was like you already have an ebook why don't you just publish it and I was like you're so right the manuscript's done everything's finished you might as well just get it you know put in print and I was like that's true and so um while I was like trying to publish the Confessions project but that's how Jesus is big got printed. And so it released in November of 2018. And now just watching people really be blessed by it. And it's really, really cool to see that because there's times where I go back and read the devotional and I'm like, there's no way I wrote that. There's no way I did that. That was so God because I don't bless me sometimes. And I'll be really reminded about what is said. And just to hear people like being blessed by, it, I really believe in it as a resource for people because it's all about Relationship like Jesus is Bay, and it was written for anyone because all of us are in a relationship with God. Like, whether you're single, whether you're married, we're all in this committed relationship with God. I think as Christians, we can get so easily tangled up in religion and like looking at God as a checklist or whatever that looks like. And yeah, and it's like we don't really know what it means to be in a relationship with God. And so, we took the modern day context of like, okay, what does it look like to be in a relationship with your spouse or a relationship with your boyfriend, and taking those same principles and applying it to our relationship with god okay you have to communicate in a real world relationship what does that look like when you're communicating with god or you go through really challenging things in a relationship what does that look like when you take it to god or you're dating your spouse or you're dating your boyfriend but like what does it look to spend intentional like dates air quotes with god and so that's how this whole concept even started and it's like just really cool to see how it's been really helping people
0: Well, and I love to hear that you started out with people just defining what their time is because it's such a religious type of thing for people to say, oh, you need to have your morning quiet time when the reality is you just need to spend time with Jesus. And if the best time of day for you is during your lunch break or at 5 a.m. or at midnight or whatever it is, the goal is to spend time with him. It doesn't have to look a certain way.
1: Exactly. Yep. I'm 100% in agreement because in the morning, sometimes I'm laying in bed for like an hour trying to force myself to get up. So there's no time with Jesus happening there. So yeah, sometimes you got to find out what works best for you. And that's the thing about God is like, he'll just meet you where you are as long as you just commit to time with him.
0: He doesn't even have a timeline. He doesn't, it's not morning, evening, day, you know, 30 minutes, two hours. It's more about quality and commitment. Well, so where can we find the devotional? Where are you on all the, the website, the social media? Yeah, so you can find me at
1: www.cleartransparency.com and that's where you can just click the shop link and you can find me on Instagram at Transparency Blog or on Facebook at Transparency Blog. Those are pretty much my major links and you can sign up for the newsletters if you want to. There's just like a lot of different resources and that's where you can purchase Jesus's Bay too. I would love for you all to dive into that. I feel like you would really be blessed by that.
0: Well, we end our show, Hannah, by asking a few questions. Tell me, besides salvation, what is an area of your life where you feel like you have really had to depend on the grace of God? That's a great question.
1: And I've literally been thinking about this question so much since you sent it to me. And the truth is that I Need God all the time. Like I don't think there's this set moment. And the more that I grow in my relationship with Christ, the more I realize how much I need Him and how prideful I am as a person sometimes and thinking that I can do it in my own strength or thinking that I know better than what God knows or because I'm just Type A. Sometimes my friends have called me Type A plus. That's how Type A I am. Like (laughs) I just plan everything. And I try to be in control of everything. And I like to know what's happening. And recently, I just think with all the transitions that are happening in my life and how much God's been just shifting me and growing me and just growing this ministry, I've had to just let go of my idea of how I thought my life was going to go and really depend on God's grace because it's I mean, so many people like mentors and pastoral leaders have told me, like, it's not going to happen by your own doing. Like, it's not your gifts. It's not your abilities. It's all going to be done by God and through his infinite grace. And you just have to lean and depend on that. And that is what I'm currently learning to do more and more and more. And the more that I do it, the more I realize how uncomfortable it is. And even then, in my discomfort, I have to lean even more so on his grace in order to even trust him in the process, So.
0: I know, grace, grace, and more grace, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> well, tell me if you had the opportunity to sit down with your great grandchildren and give them some type of wisdom, what would you want to share with them?
1: I would want to tell my great grandchildren
0: to be in a
1: relationship with God. Like I know throughout this whole podcast episode, we've been talking about this aspect of a relationship with God, but honestly, there's no greater thing that I could give someone than offer them the invitation to be in a relationship with Christ because that is the only thing that will change your life. That's the only thing that will help you through your really tough days where you just feel like giving up or you feel like crying. It's going to help you in times where you just don't want to do anything. It's just... It's one of those things where it'll just change everything for you, not just here on earth, but when you die and you have to go somewhere when you die. And so I just would tell them how powerful and how meaningful a relationship with God is and try it for them to just really commit to it and just seek God for themselves because he is one of those things that if you taste and see, you will know that he is good and he's so precious and he loves us more and more than more than we could ever possibly think or imagine. And if we would just get an inch or a reflection or a revelation of the love that he has for us as his children, we wouldn't want anything else. We would want that grace. We would want his favor. We would want his blessing. Like everything about God is good. And that's what I would want them to know.
0: Well, Hannah, this has been amazing. What an encouragement. And I know that your ministry is blessing so many people. And so we thank you for being here and Everyone who's listening, please go and check it out and definitely buy Um, Jesus is Bay." Thank you. (laughs) During the episode, you heard Hannah refer to her ministry as Transparency Blog. Since recording this episode, it has changed to Transparency Ministries. To find out more information, visit the show notes at www.graceenoughpodcast.com. Did you know I have a resource page on graceenoughpodcast.com? If you are curious about books and resources I recommend, visit the website and click resources. The links there are affiliate links which help me produce and record the podcast, so thank you for your support. Trust me when I say I know you could be spending your time a million and one different ways. I thank you for using a portion of it to listen to the Grace Enough podcast with me, your host, Amber Cullen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time. This episode was brought to you in part by the Lord of Spirits Podcast. Many Christians yearn to break free of the influence of secular materialism and to understand the union of the seen and unseen worlds as made by God. What is the spiritual world like? Tune in wherever you get your podcasts.